Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Atlas Obscura. And today we're going to do something that we, we once in a while do, which is instead of telling you about a specific place, we try to answer a question from you, the audience, or sometimes uh, it's posed to me by a colleague. We're going to talk about a pretty deep question about travel, about life. And this question, the thing that sparked this episode, was asked by my colleague Camille. Camille asked me if there was anything on my travel list that I was saving for a particular moment in my life. And Camille, if you thought you could ask me a simple travel question without it turning into some kind of vast existential uh, quandary about growing old, you underestimate me. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And in this Q&A episode, I'm talking about travel, aging, and to some very special people who have been through it all and who maybe can tell me about what awaits. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Act One. Travels of the Young and Reckless. So, this question about what kind of travel you might save for a particular time in your life got me thinking about where I am in my own life and travel journey. You know, as a kid, my travel was pretty modest. It meant road tripping around the Midwest, long, endless road trips. But they definitely made an impression. When I was 12, we stopped at this place in Wisconsin, the House on the Rock. It's got the world's largest indoor carousel. It's got a squid fighting a whale the size of the Statue of Liberty. You know, and as a 12-year-old, I thought, if this is what's in the woods of Wisconsin, what else is in the world? You know, that sort of set me on this journey, gave me that very initial spark, the travel spark. Uh, and after I graduated high school, I, you know, gathered my meager savings and went on this crazy two-month journey through Europe with my best friend Alex. It was this ridiculous trip. We slept on the train. We were in a new city every day. I drank a giant uh, stein of beer at a monastery in Germany. I was only 17. No one cared. It was amazing. We also got robbed twice in a week. Anyway, that was kind of the early years, this, this time of just free, unplanned travel. And 
After college, my wife and I took probably the most consequential trip of our lives. It was it was the last truly great, you know, uh, just diving off the deep end, no idea what's what's on the other side. We moved to Budapest for a year, and we traveled all over to Romania, to Serbia. And as we traveled, we sought out these, you know, strange little museums, self-built castles. And Alice Obscura was born, you know, at least in part, from that period of exploration that we did in Eastern Europe. These days, travel is a decidedly uh, different affair. One, one might even say a less romantic experience. Uh, I've got two young kids. I've got a four and a six-year-old. And these, these plane trips and these big international trips have mostly given away to domestic road trips, trips involving a lot of bathroom stops, uh, constant flow of snacks. Uh, my, like, I'm usually in the passenger seat. My, my wife loves to drive, so I am, like, covered in crumbs and wrappers by the end of these trips. And basically, these trips just have a lot of compromise in them. On our recent road trip from New York to Minnesota to see my folks, we drove past so many amazing things. We drove past this incredible abandoned turnpike in Pennsylvania. I've wanted to see it for a long time. We were so close. We were like 10 miles away. But it was a super hot day out. The kids were crabby. And we drove past it. You know, like, this is just what travel is like now. So, you know, in the arc of my travel life, I have distinctly entered Act Two, the Middle Ages. I, I know this because I recently uh, found myself Googling the question, do they make Converse with arch support? And it turns out they don't. Uh, you know, I'm not sure when a midlife crisis starts, but I did, I did come across something that I found a little bit discouraging, which is that a recent study from the National Bureau of Economic Research suggests that there is this kind of universal midlife slump, a, a median most unhappy age. And it turns out to be 47.2. That's still a little ways away, but it's not an unthinkable distance away. And it, it makes me wonder if my most unhappy time is, is ahead of me. Is it all downhill from here? Is, is life now from Act 2 just a slide into grouchiness and aching knees? Uh, you know, is my travel... Have I already had my best experiences in the world? That is worrying. I don't like that. But as I thought about this and wondered about whether I was saving travel and what that would mean, instead of sort of just lying down on the ground and, and moaning, I thought it could be a good idea to ask some people who've already been through all of these life phases and have traveled all along the way and see what they had to say about the matter. Oh, well, first, hello. 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 Hello, Hello. So first question, uh, what are your names? Barbara Thuris. Roger Thuris. And uh, how, how do we know each other? You're our grandson. You are the first grandson. <laughs> That's right. I am visiting home for a month, and I interviewed my grandparents. This is a little bit of a personal question, but uh, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you, you two? I am uh, 84. I am 86. 
By the way, both of us grew up in, in during World War II. We had no travel. Yeah. You couldn't travel. You couldn't get gas. Uh, and, and, you know, war effort, nope, no travel. And so we didn't. So they didn't really travel much as kids because of World War II, but they really made it up as adults. And we'll call this period of their travel the escaping. Do you remember, you know, when you first sort of traveled together? Oh, yes. We traveled uh, six months after... After your dad was born. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. We left him with Barb's folks, and we took a trip to... Um, Colorado. Colorado. So these first, these early trips were a little bit about escaping your children. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They were. Yeah. After this period of, of great escapes from their children came the kind of epic family road trips. The, the, the moment that I am entering right now we traveled to mexico with all three kids in a sedan you drove from minnesota to mexico yes 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 Yes. for three we were gone for for three three weeks weeks. (laughs) three weeks and these road trips of course they weren't always pretty they were like the road trip i just took you know filled with yelling and and grouchiness and just the needs of you know, little human beings. So it was, uh, you know, and <laughs> yeah. when are we going to be there? Yeah, are we there Type. yet? And um, well, we drove a uh, Renault Dauphine oh, yeah. car <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, happened to have seven flat tires. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. There was a long stretch where there was no place to stop. And we got stuck in a in a roadside parking lot yeah. overnight, and had to sleep in the car. Sleep in the car with the kids. With, with the, the kids, kids. <laughs> right? Right. Do you do you think that there are certain times in your life when certain travel is like? Does certain travel match certain periods of your life? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. But finally. After the escapes, after the insane epic road trips, my grandparents drove like hundreds of thousands of miles road tripping with the kids. Uh, There was my grandparents' own act three. The no kids, no rules, no agenda years. We spent a week in, first of all, New York, second, London, third, Paris, a week in each. Yes. We had no no scheduled... And no agenda. No agenda. Once they were yeah. out of the house and, and you were able to retire, you took some big sort of more dream trips that maybe you... But you kind of traveled no matter what the circumstances. It seems like you prioritized those travels. Right. And we, we, we always felt, I don't know, because we were denied it or whether we... Travel was a, was a, a stimulating thing for us. It was a, sometimes a very romantic thing for us. I remember our our trip to Hawaii. (laughs) That was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, Uh Yeah. it's like another honeymoon sort of. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Any rate, uh... I have to say, (laughs) I did not expect this, but seeing your eighty-four and eighty-six-year-old grandparents blush is that is a that is a sight to behold. But it was wonderful, and you know, my own act three, obviously is ahead of me. But hearing their stories, 
of all periods of travel in their life, was enormously encouraging. Not just because of what came after this this dreaded 47.2, but also the value of the kind of travel that they got from what I was doing now, from this period of unromantic travel, this driving cross-country with the kids screaming in the back of the car. It's, it's both terrible and wonderful at the same time. Because of our experience, we felt traveling with the kids was very important for them. Why, why was that? Because they would learn, as we learned from our early traveling experiences, that it's something they needed to go with, go through, give them a sense of um, adjusting to different situations, different cultures, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, um, we just felt it was very positive. And I felt this in the form of my parents' road trips, generation after generation, taking their kids on trips, encouraging them to experience more pieces of the world and giving their kids the gift of travel in in whatever form it, it came. It didn't have to be some elaborate international trip. It could literally just be a drive across the state. So I think this leads me to the answer to your question, Camille. Is there anything on my travel list that I'm saving for a particular moment in my life? Look, I definitely am looking forward to those no agenda times post kids. But I'm not sure I want to save any of it. I I can't know what the rest of my life is going to look like. So I figure let's dive in now. Do the travel we can. Don't necessarily hold things off. We'll we'll get there when we get there. Let's just let's just go where we can with all its the flat tires and the old bananas. I think that's the way I'm thinking about it. Don't wait for some imagined future. Get in the car and start driving now. We feel that's, uh, for most people, kids or no kids, whatever, travel is a good thing. But, you know, good planning and, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever act of life you're in, kids, no kids, may all your travels have good planning and good luck. Now we can go back to, to having a normal uh, barbecue. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks for coming with me on this this question and answer journey uh, today. And I'd love to hear from all of you about if you're saving travel for a particular time in your life. Do you have a dream trip that you're just waiting to take? Or what about the joys of travel after the dreaded 47.2? I would love to hear about all of this. Give us a call at 315-992-7902 or send us a voice memo and email it to hello at atlasobscura.com. I can't wait to hear from you. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes... Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Chilenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, Camille Mojica, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. See you soon.
Witness Docs from Stitcher. Also, my grandparents are so cute. I know that's like, I mean, it's a little, that's a sort of a rude thing to say because they're also very like accomplished, sophisticated people. But I just love them so much. It's so nice to see them. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma trip to Texas. So go to traveltexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Introducing Celebration Key, your key to paradise. Unlock Carnival's all-new exclusive destination at Grand Bahama, where you can dive into clear lagoons, try all the water sports, or unwind on a mile-long, pristine beach with breathtaking sunset views. This vacation paradise has it all. Celebration Key, welcoming guests in summer 2025. Carnival, choose fun. Copyright 2024 Carnival Corporation, all rights reserved. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and Panama.